BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. Hey, I'm Julie. Excellent. And... Welcome to the show today. We are going to start off today, I think, Julie, by talking about lead generation, how to get leads, what a lead is, uh, how you get them, what you do with them, if you find (laughs) them. Let's start off right there because, as we all know, I'm not the salesperson on this team. You're not. And to me, I... People, hey, let's get the lead. The only thing I know about leads is from Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and it's that that speech that Alec Baldwin gives where they're talking about the leads, the leads, the leads. He's like, the leads are weak. The leads are weak. You're weak. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all a, I know about leads. I know, right? ABC. Always yeah. be closing. Always be closing. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we've both clearly seen that movie. Yes. All right. Lead generation... In my opinion, for me personally, is it's the hardest part of sales. It's really hard, right? You hear a lot of um, people talk about sales funnels and you build the funnel and then the funnel will bring you leads and you work people through the funnel. And honestly, if you aren't an expert in funnel creation and working, you know, bringing leads into funnels, Funnels are useless. So, I mean, I'm not saying funnels are useless. I'm saying if you don't know how to do it, they are useless, right? And it is one of those things that as a, you know, when you are a solopreneur or a small business owner and you don't have a big team, taking the time out to learn how to use a funnel, it's time away from other things. It's important, but it's, it's time away from other things. And there's a lot of great funnel tools out there. You know, you've got click funnels or phone sites or, you know, dozens of other ones, I'm sure, where you build a quick funnel, have a sales page, and then you gotta run paid ads. So let's let's take paid ads off the table. Let's take sales funnels off the table and let's just talk about the good old fashioned building leads through networking. Right? Okay, good, because you try to explain sales funnels to me mm-hmm. a number of times. You sent me websites to research them. I still cannot wrap my head around what a sales funnel sure. is. And I don't really care because right. it's not for me. Because you're like, hey, we're gonna use, here's the sales funnel tool. We're going to look. And I go, so, so it's a website? And you're like, well, no, but there's more than that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a website. You're like, you try to explain everything. I'm like, it just looks like a website to me. And and we, already, like, we already have one of we those. We already have a website, Julie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right? So let's just talk about the good old-fashioned networking and learning and and getting leads that way right so just today Corey, you and i went to a networking event an in-person networking event and it was glorious it was it was um i'm not big on networking Mm -hmm. and again we we've done a number of those via zoom over Mm -hmm. the past couple of years as most people have Uh, and they have not really been enjoyable because it's 
Zoom's not fun. No. It's weird, like getting forced to meet people via yeah. Zoom. And yeah, but this one was nice because it's one, it was local. So it was all people in the Richmond area, which mm-hmm. was obviously different than the ones that we've been joining because they've been all over. But um, yeah, it was nice to actually like shake a hand and have a real conversation with somebody. Right. So in that instance, right, you're at this networking group. The whole point of the group, there's a lot of different networking type groups out there, right, where they're meeting monthly or weekly or whatever it is. <clears throat> you pay to be a member. And the whole point of it is that you are making connections. People are referring leads to you. People are, you know, hey, I know somebody you'd be great with. And in, in all honesty, if we just take that, you know, that event that we attended this morning, that, you know, 60 minute meeting that we were at, we were late because we couldn't find the door to get in. Well, and there's dumb traffic for no reason. There was dumb traffic, but it sounds better to say we couldn't find the door. No, it sounds better to say that we left on time. (laughs) Traffic was just ungodly busy for some reason. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Okay. So there was, you know, someone gave this spotlight presentation and as soon as she started talking, I was like, I wrote you a note because I was like, one of our clients could benefit from what this person does, right? That is networking at its finest. Met this person. We knew uh, we have a client who needs a particular service. This person could help that client, right? That's a lead for her. Now, if you can articulate well what you do, you can simplify it and dumb it down for people so that they understand oh you help small business owners free up their time so they can focus on strategy and grow their revenue yes you know what i got a lot of people that could use your help perfect but getting the leads and then following up and establishing a relationship like we're i I think we've talked about this before we are not we're farmers right when it comes to sales, right? We're not going in for the kill. We're not sending cold pitch emails. That's not how we do it. It's just not who we are. And so we're taking our time. We're nurturing and really getting to know and wanting to make sure since our number one core value is we don't sell you shit you don't need. We want to make sure that one, this whoever we're talking to actually has a need for what we do and that we can truly help them because we don't ever want to be in a situation where we sold something that we can't do. So, you know, that lead building up the leads takes time. So there's a, there's a saying that, you know, what you're working on today is your business in 90 days, right? So what we have today was from 90, 90 days ago, right? So if you're always looking, you've got to constantly be nurturing the leads. You've got to be finding them. You've got to be networking. And a big part of that is helping other people. And knowing that that's going to come back to you. And just making those relationships. Yeah. And and it's not expecting anything of it. And you said the word connector a couple times today. And, and that's just what I feel like everybody should be. Is mm-hmm. I know somebody. I can help you out. I expect nothing in return. I don't want a cut of the sale. I don't want you to send me a present. I don't even want you to acknowledge me by saying thank you. I don't really care. I'm just making this connection. If it works out, cool. If it doesn't work out, also cool. I, I did my job and that's all that matters. Um, and it, it's just, it sucks. Like when you're in those types of situations where it should just be, I'm just building a relationship and we can just see where it goes naturally. And then somebody's like, so anyway, here's my business card. Let's set up a meeting after the meeting. I'm like, no, 
I didn't want to meet you in the first place right now. And I definitely don't want to jump on another Zoom later with you. Let's set up a meeting after the meeting. We have friends that do that to us all the time. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. We don't like that either. We do not like that. Yeah. All right. Should we take a quick break? We should. All right. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to BizQuick. We have Stormy Andrews on, and he is a licensed practitioner of neuro-linguistics programming. He is a top 50 tech visionary, uh, award-winning author, a Forbes contributor, and like a dozen dozen other things. And most importantly, he's the co-founder of Yokel Local Marketing, and we are excited to have him on the show. How are you doing today, Stormy? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here with you. You have a radio voice, Stormy. Uh-oh, maybe I've chosen the wrong career. <laughs> Possibly. you got a name for radio as well. So this is great. Welcome to the show. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? Yeah, the, um, you know, Yoko Local Inbound Marketing Agency and businesses work with us when they're looking to generate leads. But more importantly than leads, they're looking to generate customers from scratch and profit from it. That's what Yoko Local does in a nutshell. And uh, I wrote the book, The World's Best Buyer Persona System, which is the foundational component to marketing. If you're going to want to improve your lead gen and get more customers, it probably makes sense to discover as much as you can about them. Mm, 100% agreement. And I love the way that you summed that up, the way that what inbound marketing is and what your company, Yoko Local, does. That was that was perfection. So um, thanks for making that so crystal clear for our listeners. We talked about lead generation on the front end. So let's, you want to dive in a little bit more on that? Sure. Let's, um, let's continue with what is a lead and why do I need them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not the salesperson on our team. So yeah. Yeah. So how, what are, um, just tell us a little bit more about that lead generation and what that looks like for, for customers and why it is that people would choose to outsource that versus doing that in-house? It really comes down to expertise. If you don't have experts at lead generation, and more importantly than lead generation, or let me let me back up, equally as important as lead generation is conversion optimization. So a lead is basically a prospect, someone who raised their hand and say, hey, I may or may not be interested in what you have to offer. If someone does that by filling out a form or giving you a phone call, that would be the classic definition of a lead. Well, just because they're a lead does not necessarily mean that they are going to turn into becoming a customer. And oftentimes that's where disconnects happen. Uh, Many times, many times I meet with businesses and they're like, Stormy, I'm getting a lot of leads on my website and none of them convert into customers. And when I speak to my marketing department, they say, our sales department aren't doing their job. When I speak to the sales department, they say the marketing department isn't doing their job. So one of the best things a company can do is identify what is the definition of a qualified lead. This way, the marketing and the sales teams are working on the same page. They're working the same playbook and it makes it easier to determine what's working, what's not. 
Did it, I answer that question effectively? Yes, you did. You did. And it's it's so nice to hear that the uh, blame game is just consistent across the board with, oh, it's not, it's procurement's fault, it's sales' fault, it's marketing's fault, you know, it's, it's never my fault for doing my job. Um, so I'm glad to hear that that's still just consistent across the board. The pandemic hasn't changed everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like the um, the qualified lead. So when you, um, I know when we look at a qualified lead, like we start off with, am I talking to the right person, right? Is this person, do they have decision-making capabilities or do they have the ear of the person who is making the decision? Is the timing right, right? Is this, Do they Absolutely. need our service now? Or, and do they have the money to do it? Absolutely. And, you know, the term that I use for that is ready, willing, and able. Yeah. Right? Are they ready? Are they willing? Are they able? Now, here's the cool thing with that. You can have systems and processes in place if someone's missing one of those three elements. Let's say if they're willing and able, but they're not ready. Okay, what does that look like? And how can you help that person become ready without the sales pressure? You know, let's say if they're ready and willing, but they're not able. Okay, maybe do you have financing in place? Are there other payment options? You know, so looking at those three items and having a clearly defined definition, and then what's your strategy and your game plan if someone's missing one of those three elements that you can help them along their buyer's journey? I want to jump into that the selling without pressure, basically selling without seeming sleazy. So I think the reason why I don't like sales is I got traumatized in college I was forced to basically cold call. I had to go work for a hotel for a week as part of the uh, this lab that I was in. And I had to cold call old guests to try and get them to sign up. But this was Williamsburg, Virginia, a destination. And I would call people and say, hey, you know, you stayed with us a couple years ago. Just seeing if you're interested in booking something now. And they're like, well, I was there years ago for like my high school, my daughter's high school basketball tournament. Uh, she's in college now. We have no reason to ever come back to Williamsburg. I'm like, I know. I'm just doing what I need to do to get a grade. Um, <laughs> and it was just awful. And, and I just, I hate that, that cold call, that, that selling with like trying to force a sale on somebody. So how can you help your customers, your clients become less sleazy? Yeah. You know what? Have you ever been to a, an event? Let's say if it's a party or a networking event, you meet someone for the first time and they just start vomiting everything that's great about them to mm -hmm. you. You know, we've all been in those types of scenarios. Unfortunately, businesses do the same thing. If we go back to the example that you just gave, when you were cold calling, they gave you a script and that script was, you know, basically to get someone who's done business with you. But uh, again, that, that hasn't done business with you before. The problem is, is we tend to vomit our information on someone when we haven't spent the proper amount of time figuring out, figuring out who they are, what's important to them. How can we be a value to them? It's just one of those things to where we believe that, you know, businesses fall into this, this mindset where they feel that their goods and services are so freaking awesome to everybody at all the time that they just want to just throw that information out there. A better approach. Let's find out who your customer is, their pain points, their issues, their triggering events, and let's meet them along their journey where we can be more of a consultant. And you can't be a consultant if you haven't done the due diligence of figuring out their pain points, their issues, their struggles. And when you don't do it, you end up being that exact sleazy salesperson, whether it's belly to belly, face to face, or whether it's in your messaging. 
because you don't know what to say. So you just talk about yourself. So I like to tell people, if your mom's your customer, then great. You can tell her how great you are. But if, you, if, if you're looking to do business with something, uh, someone other than your mom, well, you better figure out what's important to them and their triggering events and their motivations and their desires, and then tailor something to their experience, not yours. Right. And you have to find a way to add value to your prospective clients, to your leads, without using the phrase, I'm adding value. <laughs> and a lot of people fall into that trap of they know I have to demonstrate value. Like if you, if I want you to buy from me, you have to one, know that I can help you. You have to trust that I can help you. And it, it doesn't hurt if you like me. So the no like trust factor is important. But you, I also have to have demonstrated some value to you already. There's be an exchange of value before you ever sign on to want to work with me. And that can't come in the form of bragging about the work that I do or how smart I am. Absolutely. And that's what all your competitors are doing. Everyone's talking about how great they are and how they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, that's just noise in the marketplace. And unfortunately, too many businesses and organizations head down that path uh, because that's the, the lazy way. It just doesn't work. So let's talk about different ways that you can display value with uh, with potential clients or customers because we, we talk about it on our end and my go-to is always, well, let's do this, you know, let's let's send them this. And Julie's, why do you keep trying to give away our work for free? She, right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. I come from a product-based background. So if I wanted to display value, I would give some of my product away because that's the easiest way to, for them to see what the value is for what they're getting. Um, and so the, the service side of things for me is weird because I'm like, well, what do we how do we display value? <laughs> right. Right. Let's say if I had a widget and I'm like, Hey, I want to send you to one of these Julie, Corey, I want to send you guys a widget and it's totally free. Well, does that widget mean anything to you? Nope. No, you know, and, and I've got to send out a lot of widgets hoping that I'm giving you this free and I'm hoping that someone falls in love with this widget and they want to do business with me. Um, and in today's world, I don't believe that that's the primary driver. There's been many studies out there that that your best consumers, your best customers uh, appreciate value more so than price. Mm -hmm. And when you're giving away something for free, well, now you're playing the price game. And in the scenario there is, there's always a bigger competitor that can come out and enter your marketplace and give away more free widgets. It doesn't <laughs> give you loyalty. That's just a race to the bottom. And then everyone's giving away free stuff and now you find yourself out of business. Yeah. We always say when competing on price is just a race to the bottom. Absolutely. That's absolutely the case. But let's say if I understood Corey, you know, and we use, we'll use you as the example. If I've really spent the time, energy and effort to find out your motivations, your triggering events, what's important to you, your action beliefs, your inaction beliefs. I mean, I've really spent the time to understand who you are. And then I also spent time understanding that you're going to go through this buyer's journey, that at some point you're going to go through the awareness, consideration, and decision stages. And let's look at that for just a moment. The awareness stage is the stage along your journey where you discover you've got a pain point, you've got a problem, and you're looking for a solution. And if I understand all these details about you, and I understand that there is an awareness portion of your journey, maybe I can create resources for you that helps you along the journey without the undue sales pressure. I just want to be there and be a helping 
friend, a helping hand, and provide resources strictly for someone in the awareness stage. Well, if we look at someone in the consideration stage, that means that they've, they've gone down the path, they realize that they found numerous solutions, and they're considering what the alternatives are, or what the various solutions that they can go uh, that they can go down. And maybe during that stage, I put in front of you a lot of those solutions and share with you maybe the pros and cons of the different solutions, and I happen to be one of them. If, it's, if I'm right for you, you'll select me. I don't need to do the, 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 the smoke and mirrors. I just need to give you our true pros, our true cons. Every product in the world has pros and cons, but I'm just there to help you. And then if you're in the decision stage, well, maybe in the decision stage, that's the area where I'm asking for a sale. But if I have the, the, the material and the resources where I'm truly helping you at the awareness stage and the consideration stage, well, now and only then have I deserved or I, I earned the right to ask you to potentially consider doing business with me. How can you be a better resource for your prospective clients, a better resource than all the competitors out there? It pays dividends. I am I'm processing that and think that's a such as it's again a really simplified way to help people understand that journey and where where people need to be focusing their attention and how they need to approach it, right? So many people, like, I'm sure this happens to you if you are on any social media platforms at all, where you get cold pitched into your, you know, DMs or you get cold pitch emails from people. Like my favorite one that I got recently was, you know, some guy like, hey, I can help you improve your website and do this and do that. And I'm like, do you have any idea how insulting that email is like, do you, are you, do you, I always reply back and tell them, do you care at all what my actual problems are? Or are you just interested in making a sale? Because this would go a lot smoother for you with everybody. If you actually tried to understand what problems people have versus cold pitching. I'm like, if you need any help with sales training, let me know. I can help you. It's literally, I like flip it around. It's so frustrating. It's like, stop cold pitching DMs and start learning about people and building relationships. Not everybody's a lead. Not everybody's a customer. Absolutely. And if we think, you know, there was a book written by Desmond Morris and it's called the 12 stages of human intimacy. And it's a brilliant book when you think about it in terms of marketing, uh, because he talks about on the 12 stages, the first stage is eye to eye you catch a glance of someone and then from eye to eye now, now it's voice to voice. You're, you're talking to one another and then maybe you, 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 uh, um, there's a scenario where you touch each other and then eventually you lead to, uh, you know, having a relationship and all too often in the world of marketing, we want to skip too many of those stages because business is intimacy, right? Yep. Uh, if, if you want to enter to a relationship, it's intimacy and going back to the example that you just had given, it's no difference than me standing in line at Starbucks or you meeting in line at Starbucks. You say hi to me, and now I stand, I get on my knees, and I want to give you a wedding ring. Uh, you know, you Storming say hi. your nuts. <laughs> Let's get married, right? Yeah. That's the way that businesses come off, and they just don't get it. Let's earn the right to uh, propose. Yeah. So why do you suppose, and, and I think you've already kind of answered this, but why do you suppose that lead generation is so hard for so many people? I think uh, one of the main reasons is we, uh, when it comes to lead generation, we want to be all things to all people. And unfortunately, that methodology just doesn't work. 
Uh, I have yet to see any brand. Think of the most iconic brands. Think of Apple, right? They're one of the largest brands out there. They don't pitch and sell Apple products to everyone on the planet. They know that the entire planet isn't their customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, think of test. Think of any brand out there, right? It's it's creating a message that's designed to resonate better to someone, right? You just need to figure out who that someone is. And once you figure out who that someone is, well, now you can create messaging that's designed to resonate with that someone better than anyone else. And when you can do that, that makes lead generation a hell of a lot easier than trying to create a message that resonates with everyone. And you kind of just touched on a subject there that I, I hold a strong opinion about with Apple and, you know, they need to really pitch to the, the iPhone user and that's who their customer is. Being an Android fan, it seems like every update that I get on my phone, it gets closer and closer to an iPhone. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, Samsung or whoever it is, they see this market share that Apple has and well, we want that. So let's start changing that. And I'm like, no, I, I'm an Android person because I don't want an iPhone. Stop changing it to be an iPhone. And that, that I, I get heated about that because I, there's a reason why I chose not to get an iPhone. And the more and more you make my phone look like an iPhone, the quicker, like the more likely I'm going to switch and you're going to lose a customer. Right. And that's typically what happens. You know, that that's typically what happens in, in any market when you're, uh, and that's where positioning comes in, right? If you don't have a strong positioning factor, then what happens is you end up with this scenario where there is a market leader and then everyone else chases the market leader. They're chasing the market leader for a lot less profit. Uh, and then over a period of time, their profit actually drops because they're continuously chasing the market leader versus based on what you said, Samsung or one of the Android uh, uh, platform you know, manufacturers out there may be better suited to, like you said, not chase after Apple and go with something that's purely organic, totally different, plant their flag on those particular uh, uh, positioning factors, those stated values that we're going to have X, Y, and Z, and that's it. They can eliminate competition. And, and I'm with you there, the Android market. I'm an Apple guy, but I haven't seen in the world of marketing. And, and so uh, you can prove me wrong in this. I just haven't seen it that, uh, have any of the Android manufacturers really stepped out to say, listen, we're going to be on the Android platform, but we're going to make our phones have, X, Y, and Z that's totally radically different than everyone else out there besides a novelty, like a flip phone in in the Android market. That's a novelty item. I would imagine that there's something that they can do with their platform that sets them apart and they go after that segment of the market. I just don't know if I've seen it. I would completely agree with you. And uh, as somebody who... You, like I use my phone for phone purposes. I use it to communicate with people. I use it for the internet. Uh, I use it to store information. But every time that I talk to a salesperson about the newest Android phone or uh, what whatever's available, the first thing, this has six cameras on it. I barely use one camera. Why do I need six? And I still, I still, I don't know what the other five cameras do, but I know, like I said, I barely use the one. So, but that's their selling point. It's like, you can record a movie on this. I'm like, I don't record movies. Like, I mean, I, I use this for business purposes and to communicate with people. Does it, does it text? Cause that's important to me. <laughs> like, right. You know? And so I think that, I mean, for, for me, for like Android users, or at least myself, it's like the bare bones. Like I, I would want you to put your money into building a better phone and computer than some sort of, uh, 
device to stay connected. I don't know. Like, the, I don't care about all the frills. I just want to be able to access the internet. You would and, go back to a flip phone if you could. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you know what, Corey? Unfortunately, for you in this regard, it's going to take an outsider. In most cases, it's going to take an outsider to come in because disruption happens from the outside, not from the inside. The inside, they're too jaded by chasing Apple. Let's use an example here. I want to give you an example of Tesla. Tesla wasn't a car manufacturer. They came in from the outside. The same way, remember, many years ago, Apple wasn't a cell phone manufacturer. The leaders were Nokia, Motorola, and then Apple came in with the iPhone, completely disrupted You know those two along with BlackBerry. Tesla has come in and they're disrupting the automotive industry. My guess is over the course of the next five to 10 years, you're going to see the automotive brands chasing Tesla, trying to make another Tesla. You know, uh, uh, you know, Ford, GM, the other brands, they're going to want to make another Tesla because they see the profit margins that Tesla's getting along with their market penetration. And they're, they're, they're going to repeat the same process that's happened over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It will take a disruptor, probably a brand that we haven't heard of, or someone who doesn't make cars, maybe Apple or one of these other companies could be the brand, someone that comes in with a completely different perspective with a different positioning factor than the Tesla brand uh, in in the world of, of, of automotive. And we see it across the board. Amazon, we had Jet chasing Amazon. It was bought by Walmart. It was a failure. But we can see when you're chasing the leader, that's not the, the position to be in. Find work. your unique uh, um, position within the marketplace and then go deep because there are people that have the same values. Well, yes, 100% agree with you. And unfortunately, we have to wrap this show up, but we appreciate all the information. Before we go, we are going to give you a quick plug. So everybody out there, make sure to check out Stormy's book, The World's Best Buyer Persona System. And you can check out everything that you need to know. We love this. And one website, one website only that you need to go to. That is OutsmartTools.com. And all of that will, will be in the show notes. And I want to say thank you again to Stormy. Thank you to our listeners. And everything about this show is going to be in the show notes. I already said that. <laughs> you already said that. Yeah. If you want to work with us, you can reach out to us. We've got tons of free content on our website. Um, all of our social media links are there. And a link to our other business, Certivium, can be found on our website, sbpace.com. You can also find out about actually paying us to work with us because we do accept money for for our services. That is correct. And if you haven't already, make sure to download and rate our podcast. Subscribe, give us a review, and reach out to us if you have anything that you want us to cover. Also, check out our radio show, Defeat the Chaos. It's every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on the Voice American Business Channel. All of that is on our website. Hey, we wrote a book. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It is a number one Amazon bestseller, and I know Corey's going to mock me later for not saying that in the correct order, and I always give him a hard time about that. It comes with a digital download that you can grab off of our website. That's a workbook with lots of exercises to help you get the business fundamentals right. And if you already bought the book, you know what you need to do. You need to go back to Amazon, rate it, and review it. Damn it. That is it for today. I am Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.